Hello, my name is Pastor Gary, and I'm the pastor at Foundation Christians Fellowship Church. I just want to take a moment and wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. In this particular series, uh, this was the culminating message entitled, The Gift of Jesus. And so, as you listen to this message, one thing will become uh, very clear, and that is that Jesus is truly the center of it all. Once again, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed to us, redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. Around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Let's pray. Dear God, you are awesome. We join with the angels this morning in adoration. In adoration of your greatness, of your majesty, and of your great power. God, you and you alone are worthy of praise, honor, blessing, and glory. No one else but you, Lord, do we bow to today. You, Lord Jesus, the hope of the nations, the glory of the earth, Jesus, it's you to whom we give our praise and our adoration. Take these lips of clay Take this vessel and use me for your glory. I empty myself that I might be full, filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. God, we give you praise. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I don't know about you, but as I read that verse this morning, it does something on the inside. Because the story is being told, and I'm a part of it. 
You're reading about yourself, by the way. And so this whole month, we have been focusing on giving. Uh, last week, we kind of had to change things somewhat. I had planned to do this series of messages a little bit different, but, but last week, due to the events that happened in Newtown, uh, I felt the Lord had redirected me a different way. Uh, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to, this is really kind of like part two of last week. Last week, we pointed people to Jesus. Today, we will focus on Jesus, his ministry, his work, and what he is doing in the earth. You know, I don't know that, I think many of you realize, I, I hope you do, that there has been now for some years, there has been a, a, a push to try to remove the name of Jesus from all sectors of society. Um, for example, and I know somebody may say, well, Pastor, you're being picky. Stay with me for a second. For example, there are those who say, uh, on purpose, they say Xmas, Merry Xmas. Now, I know that some people who do that, they do that because they think it's just an abbreviation. But if you understand the spirit of what's happening in the earth, there is a push to keep Christ out of Christmas. Now, let me say this. Let me hasten to say this for some of you who may not fully understand what Christmas is. For us, we celebrate. It doesn't matter whether or not Jesus was born on Christmas Day. Amen. We don't know exactly when he was born, but we know he was born. And we know he has left an indelible mark on all of history. And we know that he has impacted your life and impacted millions of lives that are not in this room. We know that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And he is alive today. Amen? He is not dead. He is not in the grave. Jesus is alive. And he's coming back for his own. And so we celebrate, and back in, when Christmas first started, when the old Catholic church, when they began to celebrate Christmas, it was, it was really in opposition to that particular time because they used to call the holiday a time of lights when they would kind of celebrate pagan gods and everything else other than Jesus. And so what the Christians decided to do was to come up in a way with a way in which they could honor Christ's birth. So they chose on Christmas to honor the birth of Christ. That's why we have the word Christ must mass. Christ mass. Get it? Christmas. So that's where it comes from. And so for the Christian, we take an opportunity or a platform, if you will, to express and talk about Jesus Christ, his birth and God's greatest gift to men. How many of you know that he is the greatest gift to men? And so for us, it's an opportunity to point people to Jesus. But so it was in the days of Herod, uh, so it is today. Whenever Jesus is present, there is a Herod that is always trying to push him off the throne. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There's always, wherever, wherever you talk about Jesus, wherever Jesus begins to, to influence a people, a society, a community, there, there's always a Herod, and the Herod is the one that want to kill him. How I many you know the Herod don't, Herod didn't care nothing about Jesus. He told the wise men, look, 
Let me know where you find him so I can come and worship him. He had no intention on worshiping Jesus. Herod wanted to take him off the throne because Jesus represents something, because Jesus come to make men bow. I want you to hear that. He comes to make men bow. You ever thought about this recently? I know within the past two or three years, there's this big thing going around, right? And, and, and people are getting upset about a nativity scene that people have been going to the uh, courtroom and they've been filing all these petitions because they don't want the nativity scene on government property. We don't want that. We don't want that. You know, don't put no baby Jesus. We don't want none of that. And I mean, this thing has gone up to the Supreme Court and some of the, the local states around our country. I mean, people are upset because of a little baby in a manger. Help me with that. If Jesus is not all that important, why are you spending all that money to keep people from putting a nativity scene on government property? I mean, after all, right, it's just, you know, it's just a baby in a manger. Well, because they realize he's not just a baby in a manger. They realize that there's something about that name that is life shattering, that is powerful. Jesus does not come to bow to man. He comes to take over. He comes to call the shots. He comes to say, this is the way, walk in it. He comes to say, I am life and beside me there is no other. He comes to say, change your ways. And in a generation who understands that, they don't want them. So what do we do? We enact laws, processes to try to push them out. Relegate your Christ to your Sunday morning service and keep your faith private. Y'all don't look at me like you know what I'm talking about. How many know there ain't nothing in the Bible to tell us to keep our faith private? Amen. Not one thing. Not one. I please, somebody, show me, I beg you, in the book where Jesus said, don't let your light shine. Show me one place in the book where Jesus said, keep it quiet and keep your faith to yourself unless somebody come and ask you. Jesus came right down into society and he brought the fight to them. And love, but nonetheless, he came to bring life. Because if we say that Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving, and we understand that he's the answer to all of life problems and ills, then how many know we owe it to the society to tell them that, you know what, you need to come and bow to Jesus. You need to know him. Because life won't change without him. Not really. You need to give your life to him. And, and, so, and so I know, I understand that in our society, they, there's a push. And, and, and you, Christian, you got to be determined. You got to be determined that no matter what, you will preach Christ. Even if that means that people are going to talk about you, isolate you, or threaten you, because what else do you get? Why else are you living? Why else? Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Yet I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I ain't got nothing else. If you're living for yourself wrong, it's all about him. It's all about him. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
It's all about him. And so, and so we have to be the people that say, okay, Lord, we talk about Christmas, about giving. Man, we're supposed to be talking about this gift that God gave us, Jesus. How many know Jesus is awesome? How many know he's magnificent? How many know he's powerful? He's glorious. He's radiant. He is the king of kings. You didn't realize that you're a king, did you? King of kings. It's about Jesus. And so we have a platform on the 25th of every year to talk about Jesus. And, and we must listen. We want to be people determined to say we're going to keep Christ in Christmas on purpose. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, too. Isn't that how you do it? Merry Christmas to you. And if they get offended, then you know it ain't got nothing to do with you. Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you, too. Are you ready for that? Okay. Oh, 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 oh this is good. Y'all see y'all ready. Awesome. So who is this Jesus? Now, I, I want to do something a little different this morning. I want to teach a little bit because I want you to get your pen. I gave, there's some scripture verses. I want, I'm, I'm going to read them. I want you to write them down because here's what I want, I want, I want you to understand. See, a lot of people don't understand concerning Jesus. Somebody come to you and say to you, who is Jesus? Tell me something about Jesus. Are you prepared to answer that question? Where, where did he come from? Why do we need a savior? But Jesus is in the Old Testament. Well, I mean, tell me something about Jesus. A lot of people don't realize, even some Christians don't realize, that, that the Messiah, Jesus, was talked about way back when, before the New Testament ever came on the scene. Jesus was prophesied all the way back to Genesis. It was prophesied that he would come. Now, understand something about that book that you hold in your hand or your iPad or whatever. The Bible is a compilation of 66 books written over a span of thousands of years. And between the authors, sometimes there were, there were hundreds of years between each one of those books that was written. And so, so the books were compiled together, and we have it called the Bible. Now, understand that when, when they talked about in the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, the New Testament wasn't, wasn't there. They didn't know anything about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The they had none of that. These people were just speaking prophetically as they were being guided and led by the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about Jesus, and I tell people this, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Did y'all get that? The Old Testament, Jesus concealed. The New Testament, Jesus revealed. Jesus said that, lo, I come in the volume of the book. You search the scriptures in John chapter 5 because you think you have life. But these are they that testify about me. The whole book, make no mistake about it, is about Jesus. The whole book, and it was prophesied everything. And here's why I have confidence in my Bible. Come on, say amen. I'm gonna, I have confidence because the Bible is prophetic. I mean, God tells us stuff that's going to happen. Like, like we know the end of the Somebody the other day talking about this. Did anybody buy that? The end of the world was supposed to happen at 12, 21. 20, who? I mean, and you know, some folk were over there. I mean, 
Men just stacking up, acting up, and carrying on, believing that stuff. How many know Jesus told us when he comes back, he told us how it's going to be. And, and trust me, uh, ain't going to be nobody. You ain't going to have to ask, is he coming? Is he there? Is that him? You will know it. You will know it just like you know your name. That's like, so three things you want to do real quick. We want to talk about the prophetic Christ. I'm going to give you some verses we want to read. We want to talk about his mission. And we're going to talk about his lordship. Amen. Let's look at some Old Testament prophecies concerning the Christ. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. If you want to run there, run there. You can just write them down because I got to move fast. I don't want to keep it too long today. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This is the Old Testament. Now, keep in mind. Isaiah the prophet prophesied this some 700 years before Christ ever came on the scene. Here's what he says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name what? Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. Isaiah prophesied this. This was fulfilled in Matthew 1, chapter 22, verses 3, 25. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall, shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Then Joseph, being arose from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Second, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Did you not know that it was prophesied that he would be born? And Micah, chapter number two, I'm sorry, Micah, chapter five, verse two, says this, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathite, though you are among, little among the thousands of Judah. It, isn't it amazing that God always uses small things when he want to do something big? God used the, the weak things to confound the wise. He said, though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the, the one to be ruler <laughs> of Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. Matthew chapter 2, here's the fulfillment. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. How I many know he was born in Bethlehem and it was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. It was prophesied, watch this, that the Messiah would enter on a donkey. And that doesn't seem like something that a king would come on, would it? it doesn't seem proper that a king when they thought about the Messiah, they did not think of him on a donkey. When they thought about the Messiah, they had a total different view of what it would be like. And here Jesus comes in on a donkey. But look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Just write them down because you don't have time to, to, to look them up. Rejoice greatly. This is in the Old Testament. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold your king is coming to you. He is just in heaven's salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. The fulfillment is in Luke chapter 19, verses 35 through 37. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, which is a donkey, and they set Jesus on him. See, it was prophesied that he would enter Jerusalem on a donkey. 
The fourth one, the fourth point, is that the Messiah would be a miracle worker. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 through 6 says this. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 3 and 5, he said to them, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, he's talking about John the Baptist, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. Watch this. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. How I many you have confidence in your book? You have confidence in your Bible. Number five, watch this. The Messiah will be despised and rejected. Now, we know the story because we read it. We read how Jesus was beaten, how he was bruised. But, you know, Isaiah, the prophet, he prophesied that hundreds of years before it happened. And here's his exact words. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men. How do you know he's still despised and rejected today? He's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we did not esteem him. In the fulfillment, John 1, 11 says this. He came to his own, and his own received him not. It was prophesied that the Messiah, Jesus, would be beaten. Isaiah 56 says this. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6 says this. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Isaiah chapter 53, 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. You, you all know what that means? Amen. That means that Jesus was beaten, he was bruised for every whip, Every, every, every ounce of pain he suffered, he had you in mind. He was wounded for our transgressions. And how many know that ought never get old? That ought never get old. You got to always have a fresh revelation that he was beaten for me. Amen. He was bruised for me. My sin. And how many know that our sin is thick? Our sin is deep. Some of us deeper than others. But he was wounded for our transgressions. You ought to say hallelujah to that. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Look at the neighbor and say, I'm healed. And you know why you're healed? Because Jesus did it. The fulfillment, watch this, in Mark 15, 15. I told you, write them down. I'm going through these quick. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them. And he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him, that means beat him, to be crucified. Mark 14, 65 said this, and some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. See, Christ, it's all about Christ. 
They prophesied about Christ. We can have confidence that he is the Messiah. He is the promised one. Now, what was his mission? What was his mission? Number one, his mission was simple, but it's something that, that we need to make sure that we're communicating. His mission, number one, was to seek and save that which is lost. This is my second point, his mission, was to seek and save that which was lost. For God so loved the world, how many know that verse? That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, we live in the dispensation of grace. And, and sometimes people get upset. And, he, and, and sometimes even we, we say, Lord, why don't you do this and that? Because, you know, God could do some stuff if he wanted to. God could eradicate evil just like that. And ultimately he will. But we live in a period of time where the Bible says that God is not willing that any perish. But God is long-suffering. Look at the neighbor and say, long-suffering. And tell your neighbor again, that's why you're here. Because <laughs> God was long-suffering. He waited on you. How many of you can raise your hand and say, God waited on me? I mean, God waited on me. I'm telling you, he waited. He waited on me. I thank God that he waited on me. He's long-suffering, not willing that anybody should perish. So you say to yourself, well, why don't God do this? Because he's merciful. He's merciful. And that's something we can't phantom sometimes because, see, we, we don't understand mercy until we need it. You want to get a revelation of mercy? <laughs> you just need it. And then you're changed. You become merciful. That's why I'm merciful to people because God has been so merciful to me. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness toward me. And I want to make sure that everybody knows how merciful our God is. So God is merciful. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 14. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, how many know that's offensive to most people today? Most people you talk to get offended when you say, well, well wait a minute. And, and I, I had a brother who tells me, he says, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But then when I tell him that verse, he says, well, that don't, that, that, no, 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 no. That's man written. Man wrote that. Either Jesus was a liar, lunatic, or he's Lord. And I suffice to you, he is Lord. Because Jesus made some claims, did he not? He said, I'm God. He said, before Abraham was, I am. They looked at him and said, well, you ain't even 50 years old. He said, I was here before Abraham. I was here before, I, I am. I always existed. That's what separates Christ from every other religion. That's what separates Christianity because Jesus is God in flesh. Nobody else can say that. Buddha, Confucius, name all the fake gods that are out there, and I call them fake because I'm amongst Christians. I ain't offending nobody too bad. <laughs> because they are. The Bible said to us, all the other gods of the earth are idols. That's what Paul said. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody get to the Father except by me. Now, what do you do with that in your Bible? What do you do with that? Do I, do I just kind of gloss over that? Or do I say it's an interpretation problem? Jesus said, I'm the way. Acts 4.12. Jesus says, there's no other name. Now, the reason why we got to echo this is because there's a spirit out there that is saying that all roads lead to God. All roads lead to God. You got your way. I got my way. And that's why they tell you to keep quiet. But if you know somebody is burning, if the house is on fire, somebody's in there burning, what do you do? 
You want to go get them out, don't you? How many know Jesus said you know the truth and the truth will set you free? Truth is, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm it. Because he's God. And just in case you don't realize it, he got up out of the grave to prove it. He got up out of the grave. Nobody else did that. He got up out of the grave to prove that he is God. And so when Jesus said, I'm the way, how many know you better listen? History records the fact that Jesus, he died and he rose again. His mission, he came to give his life for many. Mark 10, 45 says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. How many know that's the same spirit that we ought to have as Christians? You know that we, we, we're supposed to be up on that altar every day, a living sacrifice. Isn't that what it says in Romans chapter 12? I beseech you, I beg you, Paul, I beg you, I beg you, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Sacrifice. Jesus came to give his life, to die. He knew he was going to die. He came to die. Jesus also said in, under his mission, he said he came to do the will of the Father. Jesus said, for I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. How many know that God challenges our will at times? But if you're really a servant of God, you do what he tells you to do. Amen? You don't argue with God. You don't argue with God. He, it's about him. It's about him. What does he want for my life? It's about him. What, God, what do you want? Because I'm here not to do my will, but I, I want to do your will, God. Whatever you want for my life. How I many of you pray that prayer and you really mean it? If I tell you that, just be prepared because he's probably going to ask you to do something that you're not going to want to do. But it's okay. We know his will is best for us. Amen? We can at least agree on that. He came to build his church. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, this truth, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. How many know it seems like the church is losing? Doesn't it? It seems like we're losing the fight. I mean, you look at some of the things that are happening there, you look at the news, you see how stuff is happening, and it seems like the church is kind of silent. Let, let me say something. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell ain't going to prevail. Now, what he's implying there is there's going to be a struggle. How many know you're in a fight? If you didn't know it, you ought to know it. You're in a fight to be right, to live holy, to serve God. It's a fight. He says, he says, he said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's implying there's going to be a struggle, but in the end, guess who wins? The church is always going to be in the church. It's this body. We're the body of Christ. Amen. We're the body. He says the gates, the gates of hell. That's why we don't need to be intimidated by the devil. Let me, let me drop something else on you. You don't need to be intimidated about death. Why would you be scared to die for Jesus? If you know you're going to live with him. Paul says absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I can't lose either way, brother. If I live Christ, if I die Christ. Either way, it's all Christ. I can't lose. Amen. Come on, somebody. Are y'all excited about that? Amen. So we don't fear death. Hallelujah. 
We don't fear anything. Because Jesus says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Everybody in here, you ought to have a testimony. First Peter said, you also, I love this verse, says you also as living stones. That's all of us, all of those who know Jesus. We're all living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy, everybody say holy, a, a holy, a sanctified, a set apart priesthood so we can offer up sacrifices acceptable to our God. That's what we are, church. We are holy people. We're those living stones. We make up the body of Christ. We're the church. And look at your neighbor and say, get used to me. Look at them, look at them, because we're going to be together forever. And look at the ones you don't like and say, get you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus' mission, he, 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 came, he made disciples. You know, you know, you're a disciple of Christ. Disciple is a learner. He's a pupil of Jesus. So that when Jesus, he grabbed 12 men, how many know he poured his life into 12? He poured his life. I mean, he got the 12. He spent a lot of time ministering to them, sharing with them, uh, talking with them. And, and, and it was those 12 men that turned the world upside down. It wasn't a bunch of people. It wasn't a, a 30,000 people church. It was 12 guys who were crazy, though, for Jesus. Yes. It's okay to be crazy as long as it's for Jesus. It's okay to be berserk as long as it's for Jesus. You want to be radical? Be radical for Jesus. Be radical for Christ. So Jesus wanted to make sure that his work is left on the earth. And so he said to the disciples, and he said to us today, that we're to go and make disciples of all nations. Why? Because we need to tell people, warn people that the time is coming. How many of you believe that? The time is coming. We're supposed to be living every day like it's our last. Like any day... You know, before you get ready to do whatever you might be tempted to do that's wrong, think about it and say, well, if Jesus was right here, would I do that? Would, could, could I do that with Jesus in the house? And if in good conscience you can't do that, then you need to get rid of it, whatever that might be. Because how many know he's coming back? I, I said he's coming. Does anybody? I said he's coming back. He's coming back for a church without a spot wrinkle. Hallelujah. He's coming back. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I can't wait to see his face. Hallelujah. I mean, I've been crying and sweating. and Man, I can't wait to see him. Hallelujah. And all of his glory. And all of his splendor. And all of his majesty. I just want to see him. Ain't going to be no more questions after that. People say all the time, you know, when I see Jesus, I'm going to ask him. You ain't going to ask him nothing. You're going to fall on your face and worship well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Jesus. You ain't going to ask him nothing. You ain't going to have to say nothing. Because it'd be like you just be on one accord with him. You won't have to ask a question. Because you're one with him. And it won't matter anyway. Come on. Come on, somebody. Most of what we fret about ain't going to matter much as it compares to eternity. That's why y'all not be having getting hangups and having problems with people. Be free from... Bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Lastly, let's talk about his lordship for a moment. His lordship. His lordship. Look at Matthew chapter 24. <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter 24. 
You pardon me. I'm a little bit excited this morning. You know, I was pretty sick. I didn't know I'd be to preach this morning. But God has given me power. I can speak. I talk about Jesus. I get excited. I tell you, I just get excited. Y'all can talk about me all you want to. I get excited. Matthew 24. Now, now you know, we, we celebrate Jesus' birth during Christmas time, right? Amen? And uh, it's a wonderful time. And, but how many know that um, when Jesus come back, um, he ain't come back as a little baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we see the little manger scene. We see him in a little baby. Yeah, thank, God, I thank you for the gift. God, I thank you. But you know, when he come back, he ain't coming, he ain't coming back like nothing you saw in that, in that, in that, that little manger scene. Whatever you, whatever you got in your mind, it could be nothing like that. When he coming back, he coming back with power. He's coming back with great glory. All the tribes of the earth are going to mourn when they see him. This is our hope. Let's read it. Look at Matthew chapter 24. You there? Verses, verses 29 and 30. Immediately, this is Jesus talking about after the tribulation of those days. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Watch this. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Hallelujah. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Hallelujah. Revelation 1-7 says this. Behold, <laughs> he coming, he's coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. I mean, no, he's coming back because he's a king. <laughs> he's a king who's coming back to set up a kingdom. See, you got to tell yourself all the time. You got to remind yourself that you're just a pilgrim passing through. I know sometimes it seems like you're going to be here forever always, but you're not. You got to remind yourself, you know what? I'm just kind of really passing through this thing. Some people live their life like this. This ain't it for you. Amen. God got something great in store for you. This whole book is about your destiny. This whole, you know, we read this stuff. We, listen, I'm, I'm talking about we're going to be with him. And he's going to come back for us. Says, watch this. Look at Isaiah chapter number 9, verses 6 through 7. You have that verse? I don't want to turn to Matthew. Look at this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Okay, let's, let's just understand one thing. Get rid of your voter registration card because you ain't going to need them in this kingdom. Ain't going to be no voting in the kingdom. Well, let's sit down and table this. Table what? The government shall be upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. He's going to run this thing. And how do you know? And, and you know, we're going to be all the better for it. It won't be no conflict. You know, they're talking about the financial fiscal cliff. Ain't gonna have to worry about no fiscal cliffs in heaven. Ain't no fiscal cliff because we own everything. Hallelujah. There is no conflict. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's none of that. Hallelujah. The government will be upon his shoulders. In other words, Jesus is going to recall all the shots. And you know what? And we're going to love it. We're going to say, hallelujah, thank you, because there will be peace in his kingdom. Everlasting joy. How many of you want everlasting joy? Well, you know, you, you got that now. 
You got that now. It's available to you right now. You don't have to die. Listen, I ain't going to die and be, I'm going to be joyful right now. Just Jesus said, be of good cheer. I'm going to be of good cheer now. I'm not going to wait. Say, I'm just going to wait. No, 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 no. I'm going to be happy today. Amen. In spite of what it looks like, in spite of the troubles that I have, in spite of the problems I have, I'm going to rejoice today. I don't have to wait. Because somewhere I read, somebody helped me preach, the joy of the Lord is my what? Come on, somebody. Somebody help me over here. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my what? That's what I'm talking about. Joy. He said, unto us, child is given. Now, Isaiah is prophesying about this Jesus. Watch this. The government will be upon his shoulder. Now, watch. Now, I want, you, I want you to see this in this verse. Because here's what people, here's why you can't let people try to minimize God to just another teacher or just another man. Don't ever let nobody try to demote Jesus. Well, let me think. You can't demote him, right? I mean, you know, but don't let nobody try to say that he's lesser than who he is. Because if they can try to undermine that, then they lessen the credibility of everything we preach and what Christ is all about. His deity, his nature, who he is. We talk about his deity. Look, look what he says in this verse. And his name, now, now, for unto us a child is born. Who are we talking about? Who was Isaiah prophesying about? Jesus. He said, unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Now, what, what shoulders are we talking about? All right? And his name will be called what? What else? Charles, what else? Stop right there. And what else? One more. Jesus will be called what? Mighty God? And he will be called everlasting father. How can the two be? <laughs> when Jesus says he's God in the flesh, that's what it means. Isaiah was even prophesying. He is God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory to God. He's the everlasting Father. And yes, he is the Prince of Peace. You want peace? <laughs> there it is. Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. If your people want peace, your people say, I want peace, I want peace. You know what to do. Point them in the direction of the Prince of Peace. Watch this. We're almost done. His everlasting lordship, watch this, of his kingdom, it will never end. How many know his kingdom will never end? It will never end. It will never end. I know for some of us it's hard for us to imagine eternity. But his kingdom will never end. How many know that in the world today, kingdoms rise and they fall? I don't know what's going to happen to America. I mean, soon. I don't know what's going to happen to all the nations. I know ultimately, though, Every single one of them are going to come tumbling down. So for those of you who are deep into your politics, it's coming down. Give you a heads up. He says, all the kingdoms of the earth. Now watch, I'm, I'm just going to give you a couple verses, and then we're going to be done. Watch. In Luke, just write these down, Luke 1.33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom, there will be no end. Revelation 11.15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever. <laughs> and Daniel, 
chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Look at this. I was watching in the night visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days, and they brought him before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. That's right. Did you hear that? All people, nations, languages, everyone. They're gonna, that means, watch this, the Arabs. The Jews, Gentiles, the Asians, all of them at some point, watch this, going to serve him. He's gonna, God's going to extrapolate a people for himself that's going to give him the glory and his kingdom will reign forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelation 5, verses 11 through 13. I want you to see Jesus high and exalted. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. Mm, mm, mm. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them were 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And how many know that like it says in Ephesians, in Philippians chapter 2, Verses 10 through 11, every knee will bow to him. See, here's the thing. I don't care how forceful somebody denied Jesus. I don't care if they look at you and say to you, I don't want to hear nothing about you or your Jesus. The Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue do you need me to define what every means? He said, every tongue will confess to him that he is Lord to, to the glory of God the Father. You know why they're going to bow down? Because God has made him the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. Every knee is going to bow to him. I don't care. Every politician, the Congress, Putin, Obama, name the other. All of them at some point, they got to bow. And they're going to confess, Lord. And that stuff about why well, I ain't going to admit, say anything. You're going to say it when you see it. But, but, you know, so I always say either you want to do it now or do it later, you know. Might as well go do it now. You know? Like y'all are wise, right? Because <laughs> you're going to bow anyway, uh, you know. And, and, and you're going to want to go, and some people commit suicide. Don't matter. You still got to bow. You, ain't, you still got to talk to them. You still got to be accountable to the king. You still got to be accountable to the Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. In closing, I want to get the praise scene to come on up. Hallelujah. I mean, you know that this, this, this whole series really has been about Jesus. That's all we've been talking about. It's been about Jesus. The culmination is all about Jesus. And we need to join with those angels in heaven. I oftentimes, I imagine this, and I do, and there's sometimes I ride down the road in my car. I'll, 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 I'll let you in on something. And I ride down the road, and I'm crying. I have tears of joy just thinking about being in God's presence 
with all of my brothers and sisters from all of time. And they're all of us together with the elders, with the apostles and all of them. And we're standing there before the throne of God. Nobody's looking at nobody. Nobody care. But Jesus is exalted and people just giving him the glory. I mean, no, heaven won't be quiet. But it won't matter because everything will be perfect. So if you don't, you don't like a lot of noise, it's okay. Because you're going to be fixed anyway. It won't matter. You're going to be fixed. But, but you're going to give him the glory. And, and, and what I thought we'd do this morning, stand to your feet. I thought we'd just sing a little bit. And we're going to close this service with this song. Many of you know it. But I don't want you to just say the words. I want you to think about everything that we just read. Think about who this Jesus is. Think about him high and lifted up on the throne. It's like in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Mm. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. He saw his glory. And he fell down and he said, I'm unclean. I'm not right. Somebody please help me. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. Let's see the Lord this morning. Let's take a moment and forget about everything and everybody. And let's just see the Lord this morning. Praise the was saying, Jesus is the center of it all. Come on, let's sing to him. Come on, let's sing. You know this song. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, everybody say, Jesus has the center of it all. Come on, let's worship him, church. Jesus has the center of it all. From beginning to the end, from beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus.
centers all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the centers all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart Hallelujah. to the heavens, Jesus be the centers all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the centers all It's all about Jesus.